Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Kelsey, and I am the founder of Visionary Life. In this community, we chat about peak health, inspired living, and all things entrepreneurship. Every day, I strive to live out my own most visionary life while guiding others to do the same. So at this point, you may be wondering what a visionary is. As a visionary, you likely live a life a little bit differently or are ready to make some shifts in your life that will lead you to your dreams. Visionaries are creative, driven, and energetic, and we're living a life full of want-tos and not have-tos. Welcome back. Thank you to all of you who have supported the show the Visionary Life Movement, and everything that we've created for you. I just had to say that right away because I'm just so grateful. And to those of you who have bought our Visionary t-shirts, or tank tops rather, that just came out, I'm grateful to you too for supporting not only this movement, but giving back to a cause that's really important to me as well. And uh, if you haven't seen the tank tops yet, be sure to check them out at visionarylifeschool.com. They are available for purchase right now. They're amazing, soft, flowy, they're light. They're perfect for summer, really. So you can also check out my Instagram if you haven't had a chance to see them yet. So I figured I would start this episode just with a couple of life updates. Uh, I feel like a lot has been happening in the last few weeks, both in terms of personal life and work life, and I won't dive into everything. I mean, you know, I can't. possibly recap everything that's going on, but I did want to spend a second chatting a little bit about freelance life. And I want to hang here for a second because it definitely is a question I get a lot about. You know, what do I do for work? How do I balance being a freelancer and having my own business? What's my workload like? (laughs) Do I even have work? Because obviously clients are always evolving. And so I did want to spend a second touching on this. Um, So whether you're a freelancer now or not, this might be interesting to you because really, guys, you never know when you might find yourself out of work and turning to freelance as a suitable career path. I mean, that was my journey. I stumbled into this by complete chance. I'm telling you, um, I won't get into the whole story, but by changing my LinkedIn profile, I just started to pick up freelance jobs and I just started navigating it as I went through. So I never intended to be on this path necessarily, but I love it. It works for me. It totally jives with my lifestyle and I adore the work that I do. But alongside with that, there are intense highs and lows, as I'm sure you can imagine, right? You have a month where you have, you know, tons and tons of clients and you're rolling bank. And then, you know, there can be months where your clients don't need you. They cut your work hours. You feel like you don't have a lot of leads coming in. But through this, I want to remind you to stick with it, especially if this is what you're feeling tugged or pulled to do. I did have a big opportunity come up and that was to work for a company, a full-time role. And this was in a time when I didn't feel like my calendar was that full of freelance projects and I started to get in my own head about whether or not this was the right job for me and whether freelance life was actually what I wanted. And so I don't want to call 
call it like I was trying to take the easy road out or I wanted to give up or escape because I truly believe that whatever happens, happens and there's never any shame and changing your career path for whatever reason. Um, But you know what? I was faced with a lot of deeper thinking that I needed to do into what it would mean to go back to a corporate job and why I would run away from the business that I've been building over the last couple of years and what needs to happen for me to feel more confident in the work that I'm doing. And so during this time, I did try to reduce my social plans and give myself thinking time, which I would really encourage anyone to do. If you're constantly bogged down with commitments, you never have time to assess what's actually going well in your life and what you can give up and maybe what you can take on. But what really ultimately came out of this was me manifesting that I wanted to continue on this freelance path. I started imagining getting more clients and coaching um, clients. And lo and behold, last week, it was like the universe conspired and everything came together in the strangest of ways. But all the seeds I had been planting and everything that I had been wanting and and working towards kind of fell into my place. And I'm really grateful and I don't think it was by luck, uh, but you know, it was by intention and manifestation. And if you don't believe in manifestation, then I'm sorry that this probably sounds totally crazy to you, but I really do believe that I manifest pretty much everything that happens in my life. Um, and there's just no denying that because everything I think and, you know, kind of spend a lot of time focusing on generally tends to come true for the good or the bad. But anyways, so that's a little bit of my life update. Just please note that the freelance life, if you're going through it right now, it is so normal to have these highs and lows. Um, but again, if you feel the work is rewarding to you, I mean, for me, it's that I can create my own work environment, establish my own daily rituals, work when I feel inspired, stop working when I'm burnt out. These things are so important to me. And this lifestyle gives me that. Um, and aside from that, you know, this summer has been filled with tons of great clients and I'm now really focusing in on my coaching business. So if this is something that interests you, just head to kelseyridle.com. I do business and holistic health coaching. And I'm also planning a wedding right now. So this is kind of eating up a lot of time. Um, And it's not stressful to me at all. I'm trying to keep it very simple. I actually love doing it. Uh, The moment my wedding stresses me out will be the moment that I've failed, in my opinion, because that's not what I want to do uh, down this path of getting married. But... Yeah, those are kind of where I'm focusing my energy and and really just working on simple happiness. And I see a lot of people struggling right now who seem to have it all and who we think have it all figured out, but realize that they're struggling inside. And, you know, the more I see that, the more I realize happiness is an inside job. And it's just, it's my mission to focus on finding happiness within and not getting bogged down in the daily grind of life, right? Life's too short. So let's move on. I want to get into this week's show, and we are chatting with April and Edward from Zen and Tonic. Zen and Tonic is a wellness space located in Toronto that began in 2016 when April and Edward decided to follow their dreams and turn their passion for wellness into a beautiful community hub. 
They both shared the deep desire to educate individuals on the power of natural medicine and ultimately to make a positive difference in people's health and well-being. So with similar intentions, April and Edwards set out on a journey to help others lead happier, healthier lives through a wellness space called Zen and Tonic. Their philosophy is really cool. It's about the use of both Eastern and Western modalities for treatments and the effectiveness of your healing. And the synergistic healing powers of these alternative therapies will help propel you back to balance. So we all recorded this episode inside of their incredible space, and I'm so glad that we did because... Upon me arriving at their space, Edward gave me a tour of their bright and calming clinic, and honestly, I was blown away by their attention to detail. It is the most beautiful space, from the little rugs they have with positive quotes, to the tea they offer you upon walking in. They have the most beautiful, healthy artwork on the wall and a living logo that they've designed. It's so cool. You have to go to see it. Um, It's located in the east end of Toronto. And, you know, everything in that space has been curated with your health in mind. It's a wellness experience is what I would call it. So, of course, the icing on the cake to this clinic or wellness space is April and Edward. And I cannot say enough nice things about this power duo who are not only business partners, but also partners in life as well. And this seems to be a common thread through the podcast. So if you listen to past episodes with the Vic Cafe, uh, Sonia and Rick are in business together, Parsons Brewery, Samantha and Chris, uh, they brew together and have this amazing uh, brewery in Prince Edward County. So anyways, I just think it's really cool that we are featuring a lot of uh, partnerships in love that go into business together. I don't know if I could do it, but (laughs) it's definitely uh, a potential one day. So if you've ever thought about starting your own health space, wellness clinic, or fitness studio, I would highly recommend listening to this podcast or share it with a friend who has thought about starting their own space. And also, Dave and I went a couple weeks after the show was recorded to try out an athletic recovery treatment at Zen and Tonic, and it was so much fun. We loved it. The Normatech, I believe it's called, recovery boots are so cool. Uh, we had acupuncture done. And so, yeah, I really look forward to you hearing the episode. Check out Zen and Tonic online. You can find all links in the show notes. And last but not least, please definitely go check out the Visionary t-shirts. I would love to um, get you your order out and so that you can rock your tank top and live your most visionary life by being reminded by this shirt every single day this summer. So anyways, we are sold out of smalls right now. So if that is your size, shoot me a DM and I will get you one as soon as they come in. All right, let's dive into the show. All right, so hi, April and Edward. Welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. So to set the stage to the listener, we are at your beautiful space right now. How long have you guys been open for? Just over a week. Okay, so very fresh. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to come and be one of the first visitors. So um, also, none of us have ever met before. So this podcast is very much about the listeners getting to know you and your business and your brand, but also me as well. So I'm very excited to be able to sit down with you here. So Zen and Tonic first came across my radar when a friend of mine tagged me in one of your Facebook posts and it immediately caught my attention. 
So as someone who works in the holistic health space myself, I know just how important the work that you do is with bridging the gap between various therapies and modalities to restore people back to health. And so I knew I wanted to get you both on the show to share your visionary approach to health to living and to the business you've created. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So I like to warm you up with some rapid fire questions. So April, let's start with you. Um, what's your favorite way to unwind after a long day? We have two dogs at home. We have two, two boxers and I think they're kind of our life joy. So mm-hmm. I love going home and just taking them for a walk and seeing them run around the park, which is like the little puppy smiles always is the best part of my day, I think. Amazing. Yeah, we have a dog too, and I swear she's like the joy of our life. Mm. Um, is there a book that's impacted your life? Um, I, well, I read a lot of books, mostly like medical or nutritional, but I'd say I was traveling at one point and I had nothing to read and I was making sure I had everything packed up. And I checked under the bed and there was this old book. And I was like, perfect, I'm on the beach, I need a book to read. And it was um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Okay. And it was about a lawyer turned, he had some issues and he left his, his position at work because he needed to find himself and became a monk. And it just had so many inspirational quotes and it just made you like think about it. I think each page I reread three times because there was just so much information and just so much mindfulness in it that it was, there was lots of great takeaways. I will definitely link that book mm-hmm. in the show notes and I'm probably <laughs> going to go straight to the library yeah. and grab it afterwards. It's thin, but yeah, you, you can take your time going through it. Cool. What are two things you do as part of your morning ritual? Um, so again, that goes back to the dogs. I think the first thing I do, I wake up, I take the dogs for a walk, and we're really lucky that we face east. So especially in the summer, I'm someone who's very in touch with nature and the sun. So I love getting up and just being like another day. You know, I always appreciate the sunrise. I think that's a big thing. And then I take the dogs for a walk, and I do some um, like sun sunrise salutations and get my body moving. And I'm, I'm I'm pretty active, so I like to do some stretching in the morning. Sounds She's too active. Too active. <laughs> yes, I was reading your bio and I thought, like, cyclocross, obstacle course racing, running. Everything in moderation. Yes. Hopefully. Um, and what's the best place you've ever traveled to? Oh, gosh. Oh, I did also see you like to travel. I so love I traveling. Sure I that question. Um, I do love, and I tell everyone to go if they're solo traveling, Myanmar. Um, I went when it just opened back up to tourism and just completely untouched and as a solo female traveler I was a bit apprehensive to go there because there was some you know political and um, some riots going on but all the women there like stuck it out for me and they always made sure I was, I was okay and they came up to me not even knowing me and even though so many people had nothing they were so willing to give just everything they had to me and the culture and the diversity and it's something that's so untouched in the outside world like coca-cola and all the big brands unilever weren't there yet which i just loved it was just myanmar so i think that was really really cool to see awesome okay so edward let's move on to you um what's your favorite way to sweat or work out volleyball i used to play volleyball at a high level for a really long time that's the only sport i can really Beat her in. Claim to fame. Unfortunately, um, had to squeeze that in there. <laughs> and then we've been going to this gym called One Academy, and it's been like our heaven of place of just working out and having fun. Great community, which has like developed a lot of great friends. Yeah. So that's probably the best way. Awesome. I will link that gym. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll put it in my show notes. Um, so I read that you used to be a DJ, Edward, so I wanted to ask you a music-related question. Uh, what's the best concert you've ever been to? 
But it was things like six years ago when I took her to Coldplay, mm-hmm. and it's like backtracking like how I got the tickets was, was when we were at like a pumpkin patch farm, <laughs> and I was like, we can't go yet. We need to like download these tickets and like I get them like ASAP. And then like she was like wondering why it was like such a big deal. Then we went to concerts, unreal. That was yeah. like probably the one one of the best concerts we've ever been to. Oh, okay, we were talking about that last night. Yeah. And then in terms of like myself, it was when we're in or is it Punta Cana? Was a grad trip, was it mm-hmm. And then it was like this white sand beach performing in front of like all the people of grad trips, and then um, it was just super cool. It was like fireworks and everything, That's so cool. it was like three thousand people. So I was probably like in person DJing wise, concert wise. Sounds nice. epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite meal to eat out or to cook in? So don't let me sway your <laughs> to, to eat in. Uh, rice is like water. That's how we've yeah. grown up to be. But cooking wise, like rice, fish, pasta, it's like spaghetti. That was like back then. That was gluten free pasta. Um, <laughs> I don't, squash. Sp- yeah, spaghetti squash. <laughs> Zucchini pasta. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but then eating out wise, um, oh, but eating in wise, like butterfly, organic chicken. Um, I love cooking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just both in our nature and my background as well. And um, eating out would be like, Ever since we went to Razabar, this place up on Harvard and University, it's like the best burger I've ever had in my life. Like, they have the best. But healthy-wise, that's like the other spectrum. Healthy-wise, Fresh is great. Uh, Impact Kitchen is great. Uh, Comfort and Kim. Um, Amazing. I will link all of those again. <laughs> and I would second We like to eat, apparently, because he wouldn't stop, I guess. <laughs> You're like, do you want a longer list of things I love to eat? Um, Okay, last rapid fire for you. What are two things you do as part of your evening ritual? Uh, One thing that we always chat about, and this kind of goes with relationships in general, is that we always try to go to bed happy. And that's one thing that we try to strive for just because it kind of sets up the day, the next day being kind of like, oh, blah, if you don't settle things the night before. So we always try to settle things. If there's any issues, we always chat about it. And then secondly, would be just kind of like hang out for at least like half hour before we sleep and just kind of detox. Mm-hmm. Do you have trouble? I mean, I know this is a new venture, but do you have trouble drawing the line between like just living your life and talking about everyday things versus chatting business? So I one thing that I've learned from previous friends that have business together or just in general talking about business, um, we both agree that when it's business business time frame we can talk about it whatever but when we're at home we try to minimize as much as possible because it kind of just doesn't you can't get that affection or you're separating like who's actually the business person or actual like partner mm-hmm. so we always make sure that if it's really important then we'll bring it up if it's not then don't talk about it eating is also like a strict time where we make sure that there's no business talk at all just mm-hmm. you should really mindful when you eat you don't want any stress there's no cell phones like everything is just kind of like Organic. Everything is just mm-hmm. how it should be, like how it was yeah. back then. So. so lunch and dinner is definitely like our time to either catch up with the friends <clears throat> or catch up with each other with no business talk. I think that's such good advice too, and it's something that we need to hear over and over. But um, yeah, keeping meal times to a joyful experience, and mm-hmm. you know, it's not the time to be making huge business decisions necessarily, and you know, just kind of being present. So. 
Great advice. Okay, so let's kind of let the listeners in on your life before Zen and Tonic. Mm-hmm. So obviously this space has not always existed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe April, we'll start with you. Could you tell us a little bit about your career background, You know what you went to school for, um, the certifications that you have, and really kind of what jobs you worked in the past 10 years? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so growing up, I definitely loved math and I found I was very good at problem solving. My dad was uh, a CFO, so I definitely kind of followed in his footsteps, and and he always saw me as someone working in financial and investment. It just came easy to me. So I went to Laurier for international business and marketing. Um, I was a business TA there. I loved teaching business to the first year students. Um, I did really well in it, and I enjoyed it, and it came easy to me, and I just thought, okay, like, I know what my vision is going to be. It's going to be a business. And you can apply a business to anything, really, right? Um, and then, by, I think by fourth year, I kind of found out that am I following what I want to do, or am I following what my my dad, you know, thought was right for me? Um, I wasn't someone who I ever had. Oh, I want to grow up and be a firefighter, or a veterinarian. I I didn't really have a vision for myself, which I I always find that kind of weird for me. Whereas my future, I know I'm capable of doing many things, but what is my you know my life goal? I find mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for me to envision. Um, so then <clears throat> after university, uh, in university, they really kind of like push in those like big corporations. And if you don't work for a big corporation, then you really haven't really made it. Um, so after university, I got straight into Nielsen, um, the marketing research firm. So I worked, um, with the head marketing, um, international marketing, uh, insights and I created like corporate presentations for all the top. Um, like CFOs and um, presidents of the company so they can look at uh, kind of the marketing analysts of the industry and how they're doing and what they should do for the next year. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool because I was able to create these presentations for such as like high profile um, like businessmen and corporations. Uh, and then after that, I always wanted to travel for five months. So I just want to get that out of my system. So I left that job. I traveled for five months and I came back and I applied to a whole bunch of jobs and I actually had I think three or four job offers and some were from some startups. One was from a company where I could like travel around the world doing film festivals, which was so oh cool. <laughs> and then one was from Unilever. And of course I thought to myself, okay, like what's a smart decision? I want to get in with a big corporation. I want to move up the ladder. I want to, you know, get that, that big title. Um, so I chose to work for Unilever and I guess maybe that was fate because it made me really understand that, okay, corporations aren't made for me and this was the wrong decision so I think that's where every thing kind of unfolded yeah oh my gosh I I know based on feedback of the podcast and who's in our community online uh, that so many people are exactly in that boat right now where they kind of follow the trajectory that maybe you know has been ingrained in Mm. all of our minds whether our parents told us or our schooling systems And they're at that point now where they're like, is this my life? So I I think it's really cool of you to share that story. Um, So then can you kind of share what you're up to now with respect to, I know you're in school again. Um, So maybe just let us know how you've started to make that transition and where it all started to change. Yeah, for sure. So when I was at Unilever, um, I guess maybe a year or two before I was going through some some issues of my own and doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and I go I went into ER once in just horrible pain and they're like there's nothing wrong with you 
And I was kind of like, how dare you say nothing's wrong with me when I came to you in horrible pain, mm-hmm. uh, crippling pain, and they just sent me home with, I think, some T4s. So I went and I saw his um, Chinese acupuncturist who spoke no English and gave me some acupuncture, gave me some Chinese herbs, and that was the first thing that was really helping me. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. People need to know about this. People need to know that there's other options. Um, so then at Unilever, I was like, okay, I need to make a decision. But before I kind of took that big leap of faith, I enrolled in um, uh, herbalism school. So I started that along with Unilever. So instead of just making the big leap of faith, I want to dip my toes into it a bit and understand, do I really love it? Is this something I can see myself doing in the future? Do I have a passion for it? Because I didn't have a passion for what I was doing and I wanted to find that passion. Um, so eventually work and school was just too much and I understood that I loved it. So I kind of just mm-hmm. took that leap of faith and I think that's what people need to understand that they can't just settle. I find these days a lot of people settle for various aspects in their life, not just work. It could also be like for a diet that's not treating them very well, but it's mm-hmm. okay or, you know, so many other things. I think it's listening to your heart and what's really, really important for you to be happy in the future. Mm-hmm. And always like challenging what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like literally being conscious of, is this working for me? Do, yeah. Am I happy? Do I love what I'm doing? And if the answer is no, 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 it's like, okay, you need to make a change. And change is a good thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not always for the best, but eventually it, it picks up, right? So. Yeah. So I do think you offered a really good nugget there in the sense that you didn't just quit your job abruptly. Mm-hmm. You, you know, enrolled yourself in school and did the double life for a while until you really realized that, you know, you had a stronger vision um, and then you kind of made the drastic move. <laughs> yeah, and I like tried and tested because I did actually understand how like the herbs worked and how that, that mm-hmm. Chinese Eastern medicine worked too. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Edward. I kind of want to come to you now um, and maybe you could share a little bit about what you went to school for, any certifications that you have and what your trajectory was over the last, you know, 10 years or so. So going back, I actually had like a music background with like Kiwanis and winning those awards back in middle school. Then I had to pick like, should I go to sports or should I go to music? I went to sports. Um, And then that kind of fell through with like DJing with that, that kind of coincided. And then going to school, went to Laurier, and that's how we met. Um, studied kinesiology. And then afterwards, um, there was a lull period where I was DJing a lot. And then kind of was like, okay, like I should really probably do something with the degree. And then ended up uh, studying uh, traditional Chinese medicine at a TSTCM. And then afterwards, that was when she was studying herbalism. And then after that, it was just like, hand in hand, hey, let's like start a business together. So that kind of like worked out. At first we were kind of tentative, like should we start together or should we not? Um, But then after seeing like at the student clinic, seeing how uh, positive things were in helping people, I was like, this could like really work. Or like I can do my thing, you do your thing, but also help each other interrelated. So that's kind of when the framework of like the whole business idea started. And then now, Sorry, what was the last part of the question? Um, well, I was going to say kind of what jobs have you worked in the oh, past so, 10 years? Or was this kind of the first? So, like, this would be the first, like, business business. Yeah. But then before, I'd be working with my parents for, like, life, basically, yeah. of um, catering. Oh, cool. And then um, DJing would be, like, another profession. Yeah. 
And I am a believer that kind of like all of our past job experiences somehow relate to like what we're up to now. And even just as you walked me through your beautiful clinic here, you were talking about the sound and how you've kind of, you're obviously very knowledgeable about like music and sound and how that influences people. And you've somehow managed to tie that element into, you know, your clinic space here, which I think is really cool. So do you think that you do draw on past job opportunities and that's kind of led you to the space you've created today? Yeah, because it's almost like a like subconscious thought where you're like, oh, music's too loud in this one corner. I'm gonna adjust it a little bit. Then you're like, well, I'm too critical. But then again, it's like other people might think that too. And then for like just being like entrepreneurship and seeing things and how we do things back in the day with like my parents, I'm kind of like adopting that as well. Mm-hmm. And just networking skills of like from DJing, mm-hmm. um, that really helped with the business itself so it's to kind of build like the personality and that's how we connect with a lot of people through mm-hmm. our past if you yeah. want to and that. that's a big point like as much as we don't work corporate and it's not DJ professionally anymore keeping those connections to get clients and get that community mm-hmm. because that, that's kind of the community we need to go after you know those people that need the change and the help and kind of just like that real, realization and also for him for DJing, it's a huge hobby. So it's a good keeping the things that maybe you're good at that you used to do, keep them as hobbies outside of work to keep you distracted yeah, from still do it. our long days. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I just love the fact that clearly in the space, you've tied in a lot of what you love and what lights you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so important for any business owner, like to infuse elements of you, like what makes you unique? Okay, share that in the space because if I like you, chances are I'm gonna like everything you put in this space and it's gonna make me keep coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if I'm seeing you on a weekly basis, it's because I feel some sort of connection and um, like what you're putting out into the world, so. Yeah, that's the key part, the connection part, because a lot of times when you people refer to like different um, health professions, they don't connect well with them, then most likely it won't really be efficient. So it's having that connection with someone, giving the time and effort, that's where we find that we kind of separate I love that. Yeah. And it's funny, I was just on the phone with a girlfriend who's been seeing a lot of different therapists lately. And her one main thing is like, well, I just don't connect with any of them. And I'm like, well, you know, you're a mom, for example, but none of the therapists you've seen are moms. And so, you know, maybe there's just, you need to keep shopping around and find someone who you do jive with. Because I think that's so important as someone who we want to help us with our health. You know, we've got to be on the same page as them. And uh, be inspired by them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So before we chat all things Zen and Tonic, I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. So, um, you've brought this beautiful. I don't want to call it a clinic. Do you call it a clinic? No. We or a space. We or call it a space. It, yeah. 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 It's, it's a space. Welcome to the happy space. That's the what, happy space. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the happy space. Yeah. So I feel like you know there are a lot of people in the holistic health world who have this dream to bring a happy space to life, which you know you've really done so um i want to focus kind of on the journey getting here and i know it doesn't come without challenges too so i'd love to just you know get into the nitty-gritty of um what it takes to uh, propel yourself Mm -hmm. on this journey of bringing a space to life um have there been any unexpected challenges that have come along with openings and tonic and if so could you name one or two well for example today like finding the spot 
because of Google and so forth. Yeah. Now that's like, okay, we didn't know that. And then now we know. Yeah, that's like a little that's nitty-gritty. Like little, little yeah. small little tidbit, but like it's a yeah. huge game changer when it comes in terms of business. Yeah, it's like um, a reminder that, yeah. oh yeah, Google is so important. Everyone just uses it, right? Yeah, yeah um, little things like that. I con- think Contracting is another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just expected delivery times were not met to its requirement. Yeah. And that's something that like in the future, I would definitely avoid in terms of dealing with certain people. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, contractors. Contractors... Don't use friends as contractors. Okay. <laughs> That's a great lesson. Our our friends who did work with us, we love them. And the products they created were absolutely amazing. And I couldn't recommend them enough. But working with friends, sometimes the time limit mm-hmm. stretches a bit longer. Because you are a friend and they're helping you out when, where they can. So I think that definitely pushed back some dates longer than we wanted to. Mm-hmm. But then again, then we, we got better pricing and we could really sit down with them and create what we really envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely be cautionary with that. Yeah. Um, but then it comes to the positive side is that all in all, that helped us fine tune things where things weren't rushed so that, oh, we got to change something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like we kept putting things here and there that was 100% and we like stuck with it. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, you didn't rush the process. Like maybe it was all supposed to be in this time. Yeah. So was your opening date when you thought it would be, or was there like months and months of delay? We were going to open originally last year. Oh. And we, yeah. So we had a huge delay, which okay. was fine though, because the space A wasn't ready. We didn't have the permits, which was longer than we wanted. So then it almost was fate because then I was able to go back to school. So I was able to get another certificate under my belt, which was awesome. Um, Eddie was able to like work along with the clinic and so we had more of like a repertoire and like better like more networking yeah um, but we were in a position where we weren't in a big rush so we were really lucky mm-hmm. um, so yeah we kind of that's where it separates where it's like if you're understanding that there's enough capital in the sense where it's like the business can be kind of like yeah. you slowly do it Versus if someone's like in a strive for like they need the space going and they need to generate some sort of income, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like the separator. So kind of to like advice for like future entrepreneurs, they kind of have to like pick and choose because mm-hmm. if you play both ways, it's really really hard and you won't be successful in that aspect. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. It's all like what your what your goal is. Some people like that slower process and like really marinating in the ideas and. If you have a hunger to just get the doors open and your vision is strong and you know you have the timelines then yeah. yeah I think there's two definitely two ways to look at it so for anyone listening who's toying with the idea of starting a business maybe in the wellness space what are some of the very first steps that you did that you could offer to bring a business to life like did you have to sit down and make a plan did you look for the space like what are some of those early, early steps if you can take us back? I would say figuring out what your brand is and that would be the first step and then finding like, okay, do we need help making the brand? And what we ended up doing was one of our close friends, um, they actually run this place called East End Projects and they're awesome company to work with and basically we just sat with them, hung out, just discussed the ideas and then that kind of jogged us being like, hey, like, you know what, we should probably like start with this and like build on this like framework and blueprint then after that once had a brand and blueprint then we can start designing how the clinic should be where we should it be what's the demographic and then that kind of just started up the tumbleweed and just trying to generate that mm. i think first before that let me interrupt you just a oh, bit okay. i think 
that's definitely like for the branding and like the, the actual like physical business. But I think when you're starting a business, you have to really understand what's your passion. What can you see yourself sacrificing for? Because back in my corporate world, would I sacrifice working 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. for it? Absolutely not. Whereas here, my passion is helping people and seeing people leave the door happier, healthier, feeling better. Um, so I think that's definitely something you need to take in perspective. And then also, like, brainstorm. Figure out, okay, you have this idea. So I was, I wanted to get into herbalism. But what is herbalism? Who wants to use herbalism? Um, how can I partner that with other things? Like, people aren't just going to come to me for herbalism, right? So that's what's kind of like, okay, like, that'd be awesome. You're in... Chinese medicine that goes definitely hand in hand we can partner that will bring more people through the door um, so it's kind of yeah making kind of that, those like brainstorming spider web things that you used to do in elementary school and just kind of puzzle it together and and puzzle it together enough to see like the whole picture mm-hmm. and then have that there um, and then even before that like I put together a business plan for us and yeah um, she was more of the business yeah, I guess based on your experience, April, yeah. you kind of She's had your mind that. in that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely say I'm I'm the stronger like making the plans and the business aspect. Mm-hmm. But Eddie is just so good with um, like creating those relationships and the networking. Mm-hmm. So he's like really forefront at the front, and I'm kind of more behind the scenes of the marketing and the, the more the planning. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome that we can really kind of work she together. complementary skills. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Um, that's a very common theme over the last month on the Visionary Life podcast. We've had um, uh, Sonia and Rick, I'm like blanking on names, mm-hmm. so many people, from the Vic Cafe in Prince Edward County. And they're a couple that runs like this fresh restaurant and cafe. And then... Um, Samantha and Chris from Parsons Brewery, which is also in Prince Edward County, and they both said the same things. Like, it works because they have complementary skills, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not to say they don't argue and fight about a lot of stuff (laughs) and step on each other's toes, but you have to honor what each person is good at and, you know, recognize what they're good at and then leave that up to them, which I think... It's a team uh, effort. It's a team effort, yeah. So I think that's why this this business model works out for you. But I think it's cool to have so many examples of being in business with your significant other and how rewarding it can be. Um, so is there a business person or a business that you've looked up to um, that you would like to offer up? Um, I would probably say like first, just like my parents' business. Yeah. Um, learning from what their entrepreneurship, because my dad used to be a professional photographer then was a audiovisual uh, production manager, then now owns a catering business and a restaurant. And then seeing how he progressed and what he did and what he sacrificed yeah. has taught me a lot mm-hmm. and uh, has taught like our family a lot. Um, He's like the best yet quietest businessman I've ever met. And he yeah. just has an answer for everything. So he's been like a great support and cool. He knows how to make deals. He knows how to make things. <laughs> Even though yeah. his English isn't 100%. He's like really good at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's from my grandma. My grandma used to own bakeries and convenience stores and that's where we all developed our uh, skills as well. Yeah. I think it really shows that if you you want something, you know, you just need to figure out like the steps to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything's achievable, right? Yeah. But I think also like East End Project, um, they're just very supportive and they definitely helped us bring our, our brand to life. 
we definitely look up to them because they've worked with so many large companies and they've made such a big change in how consumers and clients see um, their business. And that was really amazing. Yeah. And even just one, going back to One Academy, um, they had a, they opened last year and they had a very small team and they just built it from ground up. So I think that was definitely a driving force for us, seeing that, okay, if you guys can do that, like they're mm-hmm. our friends and you guys did such an amazing job and you have such a great following that's so successful today that it really gave us, when it came down to those hard times, mm-hmm. you know, like, we can do this. And a lot of it's, like, hard, too, because when you see the passion in the business, you can reflect that the owners and people that are in it understand and they love it for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hand-in-hand with that aspect and seeing those two companies and how they treat their employees, how just everything's just so nice and just, like, so happy. Okay, these guys are doing it right. Positivity. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I think it's it's really great these days that we look to our peers and our family for inspiration rather than like celebrities necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like we're living in a day and age where we are more inspired by the people around us and we don't need to look so much outside of ourselves to like the biggest business entrepreneur in the world. Yeah, there's you know, there's so, just distractions and yeah, almost goals that straight away from your own goals because those goals are so large and yeah. they're not realistic right so you know start small be mm-hmm. realistic I mean as much as you want large goals make them attainable so you don't get you know kind of upset that you can't you can't reach those giant goals set yourself small goals and reach one every day or every week or something yeah, yeah another ritual like going back to what you're saying about like goals is even simple things being like making the bed that's one goal right off the bat, making breakfast second goal, then kind of building it, and then seeing things developing, okay, I'm gonna see this many people, and then I'm gonna introduce this many people. Mm-hmm. So those things kind of follow up, it's kind of like running or biking, and you're just kind of warming up a bit, and that's how you get through your day and yeah. stay positive. Absolutely. And kind of on that topic, and last question to wrap up like our entrepreneurship chats here, but is there any other tool or object or ritual that you feel you couldn't live without with running your business. Mm. It could literally be anything. Mm. Ritual wise? Yeah, like, we have a lot of people who say coffee. We have a lot of people oh, who say saying. sleep, you know, like tool, object, ritual. I that, think working out. I think yeah. for me that's like my best stress relief. So I always make mm-hmm. sure like I get my run in or I get my workout in or even just like going for a walk. I find, again, like the whole nature aspect, I think we're all we're all mammals at the bottom line, so going out and just enjoying the nature, yeah. especially in this cement habitat that we live in these days, going yeah. and grounding yourself outside, and mm-hmm. fresh air can do so much for your health and your well-being and your stress levels. So for me, I think that's a really big ritual for me. Neat. Edward, anything to add so on that? Hard. Or even if it's like a business tool, you software. Software is <laughs> like, mm, nothing. just honestly, networking every day is like oh, one thing that I find. Super, yeah, so just text random people and like, like, hey, how are you? That's yeah. so important. I yeah. love hearing yeah. that. Literally, I'll be like, oh, I disconnected from you. I haven't seen you in probably like two years, but you know what? I'm just going to message you and see what happens. And then it could lead to like amazing things or sometimes it just leads to nowhere. But it's the fact that like just making an effort mm-hmm. and people see that, it's like, oh, cool. Because everyone can access anyone these days, whereas before you had to like physically dial. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, I can just type it, boom, done. So that's one thing I do every day. And who knows what that person's going through that day, right? Absolutely. So reaching out and just 
making their day that, oh my god, like, everyone messaged me, I haven't heard from him in so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. I started to get into this pattern where I would find myself in conversations with friends and we would always say, oh, I thought about that person, or yeah, I was thinking about you, or I, I thought about them. And I realized, like, that's not helping the matter. Like, when I think about someone, I should text them. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You never know what comes from that conversation. And oftentimes it sparks like a, oh, like, my friend messaged me back the other day. Oh, I just got let go from my job. Like, I would love to chat about, like, how you dealt with that when it happened to you. Anyway, so you just never know what... Um, what can come of that. So if you're thinking of someone, just reach out. I think that's so important. Grow your network, be available, and yeah, a text is so easy. You're on Instagram anyways. I know, Send them all my clear photos. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so we are sitting here at Zen and Tonic. I want to really get into the space um, and hear all about what you guys do here. So first of all, what is Zen and Tonic and what do you offer? So you can go first. So Edward's the Zen. So and she's I'm the tonic. tonic. Oh, okay. I didn't realize <laughs> so there was a split that, here. So basically, the Zen aspect is that uh, the Eastern modalities of like acupuncture, cupping, gua sha, moxa, um, and then maybe down the road add other di- different modalities, and then her tonic side. So I focus on herbalism, holistic nutrition. Herbalism and holistic nutrition kind of go hand in hand. So when I learned herbalism, it definitely applied. I, I guess 30% of it is herbs, but then 70% of it is all nutrition, right? So you have to add them. Um, and then you add the holistic nutrition. Um, I also do um, holistic pet care advice. So if you're, I totally believe that animals should be treated naturally. They respond so well to that. That's how they survive in the wild. Um, so I offer that support and then just personalized remedies as well. So I'll make, um, all my natural remedies. So instead of using pharmaceuticals or over-the-counter drugs, all my remedies are made from organic herbs and salves and tinctures, which are, um, alcohol infused herbs. So that's what we do here. And then additionally, um, what I've researched before from like my kin background is that uh, a lot of times that you come in for like a treatment, people give you all these exercises and tend to not do them all so what I do is like ergo training towards your schedule so like mm-hmm. for example like you wake up uh, you're gonna do this while you're on bed on your bed while you brush your teeth you're gonna be doing this calf stretch while you're like uh, making breakfast to do this so everything's like intertwined to your time and schedule so that's ingrained because a lot of times what I found is that people like routine and routine in a good way so like building a good habit will be ben- more beneficial if you build a bad habit then you're gonna be on the other side so that's another thing that we do because a lot of times where I see you once a week, you, there's six days where you're not with me. So it's like, I want to make sure that you're still doing something that's mm-hmm. positive. So Zenotonic is kind of more of like a holistic um, idea. Instead of just a clinic where you come in, you see the practitioner, the acupuncturist, and you leave, we want Zenotonic to be with you. We've kind of created this journey idea where we want to be with you the entire journey. So as soon as you step in the door, we try to create this really happy place like we were just talking about um inviting space where you can instead of coming and having that white coat feel and sitting in the chair and being maybe even apprehensive or anxious to see the practitioner you can sit on our comfy chairs you can sit at our table in the kitchen and um if you have any a book to read a magazine even if you have to do some work before to help you de-stress before your appointment come in early Mm -hmm. get that done after appointment if you don't want to rush home and face whatever you have to face, stay a bit longer after. We have all these teas here that I've made that you can help de-stress with and just Mm -hmm. enjoy. 
Um, and then we want to work with you on the journey. So you're here, you have your appointment, you speak with us, we get to know you, we educate you. That's a big thing too that Zenitonic wants to do is allow you to understand what we're doing with you mm -hmm. instead of just putting needles in. Eddie's really good with educating you what the points do so you know and you can give feedback to us if it's working. Yeah, because if a patient isn't aligned with what's happening and you don't understand why this person is doing this, then I find that it's not going to be as effective. Mm -hmm. So if April never voiced you, if April voices you this and you agree and you understand, then it's like that much better than, oh, like, I have no idea what's happening. So mm -hmm. that's where that connection has to be. Very cool. And so is kind of the education and the experience what you feel sets you apart from other clinics and wellness spaces? It, yes, kind of, because everyone wants to educate. But it's more so that we educate in terms of being concise, time, um, understanding like, okay, this patient likes to be like dealt with this way. and yeah, just Personalization. Kind of, I yeah, think that's so personalization is probably right. the best way to encompass that. And just connection. So I, that goes hand in hand with personalizing every experience. Everyone's different. And I think that's one of the issues with Western medicine is they take the whole blanket approach. Mm -hmm. These people have this diagnosis. So we're going to make them all do... A, you know, these people have this issue, so they're all going to do B. Mm -hmm. Whereas every single person in that category has a different background, has a different age, has a different weight, has a different diet. So you have to treat them all differently. And the one indicator is the stress level. Each person's stress is totally different. Mm -hmm. So we have to cater to that as well because that stress indicator is definitely going to be the hardest issue because you can't fit, we can't control it. We can only help you with it. So mm -hmm. find the ailment of what the stress is about, then kind of then figuring out that root cause and then the branches would slowly be diminished. Cool, I love it. Yeah, and it's also just a very inspiring space too. Like I feel as though, you know, just walking in here, like I want to learn how to get healthier and I want to learn what modalities you can offer me. So good. Um, yeah, We're happy I, I feel like something about the experience that you've created is really resonating and I'm sure that has been thoughtfully um, curated. So, I mean, even just in terms of the logo, like for a business owner who's looking to create something, a logo is so impactful. Like for me, when I look at your logo, it is not just something you created on a paint program. Um, walk us through that journey of the design and the aesthetics of Zen and Tonic. So we were in Boston and randomly stumbled upon like a nice like boutique store which has like everything in it clothes shoes books whatever and then we we're like oh this book seems cool and i was like what was it called it was um i think it was, like, it was a botanist book it was, botanist it was actually book. a drink on like mixology but like using herbs and okay making cool drinks and there's zen and tonic and this was after the fact that we were really forcing a name and you were like, yes. it was almost like when you're younger, like, I need a boyfriend. You're like on the hunt, you know, and you just want to go get one. And it doesn't don't happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need a boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. But so then I get you. Right. Okay, good. So then all of a sudden we just like, you know what? Let's just forget. We're getting frustrated. Let's just forget about this. And we went usually on our anniversary. We try to get away. We go to American um, city. So we were in Boston and we had completely forgotten about our business and we're just enjoying our time and we, yeah we stumbled upon this little shop and it kind of just like clicked into us I when we weren't that. looking for it it was fate and it just was like that feels right you know yeah. like when you get that it was evgvs and you're like this is it you know and then when east end projects designed it they're usually like hey like we're gonna probably do like two or three trials of the logo you probably like 
just letting you know so that you're not disappointed when we give you the first one. So we created our logo with, with their help. So okay. um, they've been our friends for so long and they were like, oh, do you need help? And we're like, yeah, like, I think that that's a great idea because they, they've been so successful. So in order to make the, the logo, we did mood boards. So you kind of put together, I'm sure So much fun. Yeah, no, describe that process because I do feel as though a lot of listeners have no idea what a mood board is. Okay, so a mood board is awesome. So it really puts together everything you love. So it's almost like brainstorming. So if you like a certain picture, if you like a certain piece of clothing, if you like a certain country or resort, and you just kind of go through, it's you pretty much Pinterest, really. So we Pinterest yeah, for Pinterest. hours. And you kind of create this repertoire a portfolio of all these pictures that you love and you kind of slowly narrow them down yeah like colors then you start going with what colors do you like of all the pictures you picked and then symbols, symbols and what kind of calligraphy um, yeah fonts, fonts. and yeah. Uh, then afterwards they would come back being like, okay we're gonna reduce the mood board into a smaller mood board now what do you like and things kind of get smaller and smaller so that you stick with certain alignments mm -hmm. so that things don't get too confusing when the branding actually releases. Yeah, and then you can like take one thing out or change it from like we've changed the Chinese character from red to yellow and we're like oh my god that looks so much better and we really like found that we like the Chinese calligraphy so that's how the flame call it the and sign it's like a flame. Yeah. Um, so if you see our actual logo it's kind of brushed kind of like like the um, Asian like calligraphy style. So it's actually all custom done by hand um, on Photoshop. He did it uh, Danilo was the artist that did it, and he was just like, yep, spent time doing it, and then showed us it, we're like, whoa, this is so cool. And we, they, we got on our first edit. Yeah, we, first edit. We didn't have to change cool. it, we loved it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll definitely um, add a link to your logo and all that, mm -hmm. uh, so that people can check it out, because I think that's, it's a huge piece of a business. Like, even if you're not very design-oriented, you still need to create a logo, and it still should be something that when eyes land on it, it really speaks about your business. So uh, it's definitely something that's worth investing in, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, were there other parts of your business that you felt you needed to outsource because perhaps the two of you didn't have the right skills? Contracting, building stuff, for sure. Okay, so you didn't try to like create this place by yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite so, the handyman. So, okay. <laughs> That's good to recognize that. We can't be no, all things. I would I'd definitely say that because like... There's been lots of beer bought for friends who've helped us hang stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Bartering close, system. Yeah, a close friend actually helped me hang everything in here. But how we hung things was just more so like very, I don't know, not professional, like not professional, but we do everything to like to find time. In a like, friendly manner. In yeah. a friendly manner. It would take a lot of time. But I think outsourcing, um, I was pretty confident with like website design, but yeah. we loved our friends who did the, the logo. They wanted to help us with that. And yeah. I'm so happy we did because website design nowadays, maybe not on browsers, but on phones, it's such a big component of your so business. So making sure that's a hundred percent and easy and you know intuitive is the best word to describe how our website works. Yeah. And when when they designed it and we see that this is super intuitive, it's so different from a lot of like different websites, that's where we kind of like, okay, this is actually amazing because it's as a user you want to get things quicker and then if you find that it's taking too long then you're 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 gone. You're not gonna focus it. Mm -hmm. So I think everything else like I love making things on my own. Like I love like the like moss wall I made that, yeah. the terrariums, um, like 
just like little things I liked I love learning so even making the Jane app that was a bit stressful for us and finding research on which app we wanted to use mind body Jane mm -hmm. all the different ones or um, uh, payment methods like Square pay firma we've done so much research on that so those cool. are kind of like headaches yeah. Um, but besides that, I think we have a, a friend who's an accountant, so we definitely really made sure that we sat down with him to understand the background. So I think that would be something to maybe outsource yeah. and get some help with, just to make sure you're not breaking any rules and you're understanding you, it. You want to, if we're starting off a of business, you want to have a great foundation. So by not doing things 100% and then going back to the website being like, oh, I got to redo it, then it's going to cost you more money. And more time when you're actually busy. So maybe we'll make everything 100% to start and then. If we get another practitioner or if we have to make little changes, those little changes are going to be so easy yeah. because it's 100% done before you open. Yeah, I think that's such a great approach to it. And I love that you say, like, you're willing to do the dirty work and learn about all the mm. systems. Like, there are certain things that as a business owner, like, you do need to spend the time, like, going through which, you know, um, website platform or which payment method. Because uh, then you truly understand it, and one day if you do need to outsource it, at least you've taught yourself like mm -hmm. the basics of that. And also so. creates connections because yeah, we we have so many different friends who are in different walks of life. So they can definitely mm -hmm. teach you different things. They can help you with different things, and then they bring a community of people in, and it's just networking. Or even I I wanted to get macrame, and I was like, I'm gonna make it. And I remember my my dad. He was like a That's pro so macrame maker when he was younger. So there's all these macrame in there that he's made. Very cool. So it's kind of funny. Awesome. Um, that's This has been really cool. I just love being in your space and I could chat with you both all day, but I think we can wrap it up. Maybe with a couple last questions here. Um, have you thought about kind of like the five year, 10 year business plan for Zen and Tonic or are you really just focused on the present and enjoying what you've created thus far. Um, and there's no right answer to this. I just yeah. love asking business owners. We haven't really dabbled on that as much as we want. Not even dabbled. Because, because <laughs> I, it just definitely crossed my mind when you sent those questions. Then I was like, do we ever talk Shoot, about it? Shoot, we should talk about that more. Yeah. Probably haven't talked about it. This because the present has been so busy yeah. that we want to make sure the present is taken care of. Whereas like then the future goals can kind of align after the fact. Mm -hmm. But um, if you, if I had to like, think of something now would be more so um, just continue like helping people and having mm -hmm. more people come in obviously and then trying to just get seminars in the space mm -hmm. having workshops. having yeah, workshops like your goal. Um, just because like the space is so nice that we want people to enjoy it aside from just coming in for treatments yeah. and uh, we foresee that like a lot of people would want to come in and do that so mm -hmm. More zen and tonic to more people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, for me, I guess, yeah, I haven't thought about it, but we did just talk about recently how um, we do want to get some, some different practitioners in here, and I was like, maybe, you know what? I want to work with my hands. I love working my hands and being hands-on, so I'm more so behind the desk. Mm -hmm. He's more hands-on with clients, so, like, in a long-term goal, maybe getting my RMT, that's something. Yeah. So, again, like, I love learning. Always always changing, always mixing up. That's what keeps you fresh and having people constantly come in the door. So, I think that's something I definitely recommend. Never stay stagnant, which mm. is a big thing with the zen in our, our tonic because we always want blood flow and proper chi movement. So, that just always goes in with constant change and movement. Yeah, and that's probably the most crucial uh, factor in business longevity is constantly reinventing mm -hmm. and evolving the experience so that you're always getting new clients and that your old clients continue to come back because you're keeping it fresh for them. So 
That's awesome. Um, so where can people find you if they want to learn more about Zen and Tonic? Yeah, for sure. So we have our website. So it's www.zenandtonic.ca. Then we have our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Zen and Tonic Wellness. Yeah, Zen and Tonic Wellness, which is the same for Instagram, Zen and Tonic Wellness. Awesome. And as of today, we're on Google. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mill, Mill Street and Cooperage. Yeah. Right by cool. the distillery. So we're in the distillery or Canary District, Canary District. of Toronto, yeah. right? Just Canary east of distillery. Yeah. yeah. And so if someone is not in Toronto, because we have many listeners outside of the city, of course, uh, but if they want a little taste of Zen and Tonic, is there a piece of health advice or life advice you could share that could help people live more holistically or to reach peak health? Something would... simple. What's your motto? Oh, never regress, always progress. Oh, I love that. Um, that's just kind of the motto that I've kind of like, I never saw this. I just kind of wrote this out one day and I was like, oh, this is actually a really good quote. Mm-hmm. And then every time I tell it, people be like, oh, that's a good one. That's so, a good one. Never heard it before. But then in terms of like the followers from outside the city, they can easily like email us, message us or whatever, mm-hmm. because we're always open to like chatting to people that can't be accessible and always referring to like see this person in your city or even um, really Skype calls yeah just yeah. super especially for me I'm totally willing with working with people in other countries right. and um, viably I mean with Skype and email and everything it's almost as much as I love physically seeing people mm-hmm. there's no harm in getting you know information online and through email that's awesome we love to hear from them Cool. Well, I would encourage anyone listening to check out your website, Facebook, Instagram, all that, and get in contact with April and Edward if you have any questions or comments, and uh, let them know the podcast sent you. So thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Until next week, I hope you make tiny leaps in order to achieve your most visionary life. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books, our podcasts of the week, tools, tips, and tricks for making our lives easier as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And really, it's just a place to have open and honest conversation. I love taking these podcast discussions offline. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend, the visionary blend, and a love note from me to anyone and everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just make sure you take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. And if you think I'm joking, why not try it out?